Welcome to the Craft Ready for Tech podcast, where we discuss how art and science are intertwined. Mary, can you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Hi, thanks for inviting me on. Uh, my name is Mary Sinder, and uh, I'm an animator. I live in Central Florida. I'm excited, thank you. Oh, happy to have you, Mary. You have a lot that you can share with our listeners. Uh, my first question is, uh, pretend that I don't know anything about animation. How would you explain to me what an animator does? Uh, well, an animator, there are so many different kinds of animators to begin with. Um, what I do specifically is uh, 3D animation on a computer, but there's also stop motion, there's also 2D, which was the norm, you know, before computers came along. Uh-huh. And there's some people who do 2D now, you know, in so many different forms, like traditional or digital. And they just, um, you know, they're kind of like the actors with a pencil, uh-huh. a mouse. <laughs> you know? uh-huh. every, every other actor acts on screen, but we have to imagine like a performance and, uh, and, and recreate it using some kind of like artistic medium. So neat. Um, as an animator, how do you use creativity to drive your work forward? Oh, well, it's a lot of creativity. <laughs> <laughs> it, takes a, it takes a lot of... Um, yeah, it takes a lot of imagination um, because essentially, like, I mean, you can also use mocap, which, you know, you do get, like, something to start with, but most of the time you have to just um, really kind of picture in your mind what you want the performance to be and even just act it out, you know, like, you can act out something and record it and then use that as a reference to help oh, guide you. Oh, nice. And that's very helpful. And, um, you know, the rest you have to do, you know, it's just, like, whatever you can you can picture whatever you want it to look like. It's really flexible. What is uh, mocap? Is it like a, a software program? Uh, mocap is like what you see. Um, it's, it's short for like motion capture. Oh. So it's that performance, you know, somebody wears uh, like a close-knit bodysuit with little reflectors on it. And uh, there's cameras all around the room. And the computer just like kind of reads like the movement. Oh. Yeah. Mo- did Mosey have one of those things? Uh, oh, yeah. I remember Mosey having, like, this, like, uh, motion simulator thing. Oh, that thing was so fun. Yeah, yeah. Mo- for our listeners, uh, Mosey is the Museum of Science and Industry in Florida. They had, like, this room where you would walk in and, like, I don't know, like, this, this like, like kind of, like, silver-looking thing would, like, mimic your movements. Yeah, it's kind of like that. I'm not, you know, I'm not even sure how that thing worked, to be honest, because, uh, and also what it was looking for, but yeah. Uh, so yeah. is it like is the idea of it a little bit like I mean I mean mocap sounds different than that, but is it kind of similar in the sense of like you said people wear like a a black like suit like a suit close to their body and then like the computer picks up the images or yeah it's like what they use in like movies like Avatar or like oh nice okay did the Hobbit use something like that too oh, oh yeah like it's it's used pretty much like across the board. Pretty cool. It's like if you want uh, someone to move in a very like realistic, or your character to move in a very realistic human way. So, but it still requires uh, an animator. Like an animator still has to go in and, and clean up the data because it's it's not perfect when it's captured. You know, it doesn't look nice and smooth, or it doesn't have maybe the kind of personality they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that totally makes sense. Uh, what you do is very very interesting. So, uh, what software programs? Yeah, you're also welcome. What software programs did you have to learn to become an animator? Uh, well, I learned uh, when I was in school. I learned Maya specifically. Um, it's kind of like the industry standard. Um, 
for motion capture, uh, they employ Mobu, like a motion builder, which uh, is a different one and uh, requires sort of a different training. Like it works very differently. But the two usually go hand in hand when it comes to like motion capture cleanup. There's other programs too. There's things like Blender. Blender is kind of like Maya, but it's free. So you can like download it and like start learning that one. There's also like Media's Max. If you want to do 2D, you know, there's like, um, there's a Clip Studio, there's a TV Paint, you know, there's Photoshop. There's, there's a lot of different ones. I don't even know them all, but. Yeah, yeah, it sounds <laughs> like there are a lot. So 2, 2D is kind of like uh, cartoons? Yeah, 2D is uh, it's like, um, yeah, it's like when you think of like a Disney, like an old Disney movie, like can draw and stuff, or if you look online and you see like um, something made with like Flash, you know. Like, would Tom and Jerry be considered uh, 2D? Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, I, I watched a lot of that growing up. <laughs> so when it comes to those software programs uh, that you had to learn, how long uh, did it take you to learn them? I mean, Maya, I can tell you the first time I learned Maya, I felt like, <laughs> how it must feel like if you're in an airplane or something, you look at the control panel. Because, I mean, that program is, it can do so many things. Wow. Like, you can animate with it, you can, you can do a lot of things with it. So, um, but what I learned, first of all, was, like, kind of a 3D generalist. Like, they just kind of taught you, like, basic things and how the program works. Because you can also do modeling, you can do rendering, you can rig, which is, like, a rigger is somebody who puts all the controls on a 3D character so an animator can actually use it. You can do that in Maya as well. So we learned a little bit of everything to start and then kind of went specialized. And I guess it took, a, it took a few years, you know. I was at UCF for a little while. Did you, would you say, like, it required a lot of patience and persistence to get the – to understand the software correctly? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it takes a lot. <laughs> it's my opinion. We had a kind of a running joke going when, we, when I was an undergrad in the, in the program. We actually had – a little um, like wind up music box. So whenever Maya's known for being kind of a crashy program, <laughs> so whenever it crashed, we would always wind up the music box and just play like this little sad song. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, my uh, my next question is, how did you uh, overcome? I guess that feeling of like not understanding the software because I think uh, Mary, when a lot of people think of a creative field. Um, there's this like myth that um, being creative is something that people do um, just because they have like this this passion inside of them and that there's no like hard work or like you know rough patches that you face. I don't know. There's like this <laughs> prevailing myth that people have as a writer. I feel like I'm always told that. Oh, you must love what you do so much. It must feel like so like effortless. <laughs> so like, how did you deal with those like rough patches that you inevitably face uh, when you're creating something? Sort of, you just sort of cry and say, There are moments like, yeah, you, you get super frustrated, especially like in an academic setting that's like, you know, there's deadlines and you have to, you know, you're doing something completely new. Uh -huh. You don't really know what you're doing yet. And yeah, then you get yeah. feedback that's like a little critical or, you know, you think, oh, this looks great. And then you show it to someone's like, oh man, there's all these like glaring errors, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just, you know, that's the process though, because like if you don't, um, if you don't learn to uh, sort of just make mistakes and try and 
you know, if you're not willing to take any criticism, then you can't improve. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just sure. a good job because that's all the job is really, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like when you when you do something to make money, it's all about like improving like objectively how your work is. And in order to do that, you have to take criticism and implement it. You know, conversion can be real hard, like, especially if you're, ne if you're never really taking criticism before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And <laughs> And in creative fields, it's so necessary to to um, take criticism. I don't I don't know why. Do you do you have an idea of why people think that creative creative uh, leaning fields? I don't know why there's this understanding that they're not like as rigorous in in like um, I don't know as rigorous as something like engineering, for example. Like wh why is there this understanding that we don't under we don't undergo just as much like I guess like difficulty in our job as somebody who's an engineer. <laughs> Good question. I mean, it might be, it might be because maybe they think it's more of like a subjective field. Like, yeah, there's so many different styles of art and so many ways to be, so many ways to be creative. They think, oh, you know, maybe just you know somebody has their own particular style, or you know, I, I also just wonder if maybe people think like, oh, it's the talent, you know, if you're talented, then everything yeah. is easy, you know, because you're just like some sort of innate genius. Or something. Yeah, yeah, and it's so funny too because if you study all those innate geniuses, they worked really hard. So I don't know, I don't know why people think creative fields are like, I don't know, they just think you either have it or you don't. No, yeah. Yeah, it's really it, that's a good question, especially since uh, I wonder that a lot myself, just because I have actual engineers in my family and I'm. Really, pretty much the only person like in a creative field. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure. Like, do, do you ever feel like they they make it seem like I don't know, like your job is like easier than theirs, or like not as like like difficult? Uh, yes and no. I think when I get more, it's like they're sort of confused. They're sort of like because it's not something that they're they know. So thinking like they have their own ideas of like oh, so it's like this, right? And I'm just like no. <laughs> It's like they, they try to understand, and I try to explain, but it's like, you know, you can't really explain, like, how to fly an airplane to someone who's never flown one. Yeah, yeah, and it's such a, it's such a, like, I feel like people also don't realize, too, when it comes to, like, fields like writing or animation or, like, maybe, like, graphic design, people don't realize that you don't have to make it big in that field to make a living for yourself. Right, so when people think of animation, for example, when I think of animation, I would think of like a movie like Avatar. But you don't need to work for Disney to make a, a decent living as an animator. Oh no, like there's there's so many so many studios out there, like little studios, game studios. Like there's even here in Florida, like there's so many, like just like I guess you know like the kind of things that you wouldn't. They're, they're not the big names, you know, but even big studios will outsource to like smaller ones. Uh -huh, uh -huh. They're really the ones doing most of the <laughs> I won't say most of the work, but they're the ones who do a lot of the work, you know, and they don't get a lot of the recognition. That's so interesting. That's so wow, wow that's very fascinating. All right. Uh, what does your creative process look like when you sit down to work at a, on an assignment? Very much depends on, on the assignment, but most of the time, um, what I would get is a direction from uh, either the supervisor or like animation supervisor or the director. And they tell me like what it is they want from the shot or what they want the character performance to be. And uh, and then I just kind of run with it. Like I'll, I'll do my best to meet, you know, the story point or uh, whatever vision they have. And then I show them my work and then you know they give me a critique like oh I, 
you know, I think this person isn't reading clearly enough or, hey, like, could you maybe slow down this action a bit? You know, you just kind of go back and forth. Sometimes it's quick, you know, sometimes, you know, the turnaround's real fast and they're like, oh, I love it, you know, it's perfect. But uh, most of the time it's a lot of, like, uh, a lot of, like, tweaking and in some cases you maybe have to start over again. Usually not too much, though. It's, um, yeah, yeah. Back and forth process. Yeah, that sounds a lot like what what I do as a writer too. The um the people above you are they kind of like like I don't know like animation editors or what are they considered? The people who edit you or like critique you. So far, I've just worked for a couple of uh, like smaller studios. So um, at the one we worked on a project where we had like I had my boss, um, but we also had uh, a director an actual like director who wanted to guide the whole project. So um, we would go to him. He was the one who was largely, he was kind of like, he had his hands in everything essentially. Like he was critiquing our animation, he was critiquing um, the layout as well as uh, all other art direction really. So um, he was our director, he was our actual director. But um, on the other project I worked on, um, it was more of like a, he was more of like a supervisor. Like it was, it was, a, it was a different. Like the first one was more like a film, and the next one was more like a series. So it was, just, you know, just like the guy you go to, you know. And okay. There's others who also contribute to the discussion. Okay. And I feel like in smaller studios, it just tends to be a little more like everybody kind of gets to say. Yeah, yeah. That's. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the vibe I was getting from what you were telling me. Okay, very very interesting. Um. How do you blend technical knowledge with creative knowledge to finish a project? Um, well, definitely, like in a computer, they're very like I would say they're very married to each other. Uh huh. Because uh, yeah, in order to in order to get the look you want or the performance you want, you definitely have to learn the technical side. Yep. Which can be frustrating because like sometimes you know if you just don't know like how something works. It's really hard to get it to be, you know, the performance you want. So it's just, um, there's a lot of tricks. Like I'm still learning, like I'm still um, getting advice from people about how to do something easier or quicker. And there's all these tools that are coming out now, like Anabot that help speed up things, especially since Maya can be like a little frustrating to work with in certain ways for animation. But, um, yeah, eventually, you know, you just, it's just like you just know it, you know, you just like, you, it's almost like a muscle memory, you just like, you just get a feel for it. Yeah, yeah, the more that you like make mistakes and improve and take criticism and like, op you're open to like, um, feedback, like the more like automatic that like, process becomes. Yeah, and you'll be surprised too, like how, um, how you'll look back on something you did and you thought it was like, oh, so like, yeah, I guess it, you know, it works or whatever. And then you'll be like, well, how did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just me. I don't <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, no, you're saying like, if you created something that was really, really good, you're just like confused at like, like the process of which it happened because it happened so like spontaneously kind yeah, of. It seemed so hard at the time. And, yeah. And you weren't really sure, you know, after it was all like, oh, I guess that looks okay. You know, I guess it looks good. And then, I don't know, it's like looking at it with a different eye, I guess, after you stop working on it and you look back and you're like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of, like, participating in something creative is, like, taking a leap of faith and, like, being willing to, like, look kind of crappy or to yourself and then, like, 
making all these improvements. Like it's just, it's a wonderful process. More, more people should do it. Yes. It's very fun to watch. Like, like even just like the progress you make, like going from like a new, like somebody who's new at something to like, you know, even just like working at something for a few months, like you get better and better. Like, wow, I can actually like see the progress made. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it is a like very satisfying feeling for sure. So, um, when did you first become passionate about animation? Mm, I feel like in some, in some level of, I've always loved it. Even when uh, I was a kid, you know, growing up, I was always like really interested. I, was, I always loved the animated things more than a lot of other things. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like I always loved live action movies and films and series, but for some reason, like animation was just like the thing that drew me to it. Like it was just beautiful and it was fun. And I was always amazed, like, how do they make this? You know, it's like, it's like such a difficult process. Like, you have to draw every little frame of action. And, and it just seemed, like, so time-consuming, but so magical. Like, once it all comes together, it looks like it's something that's real, you know? Yeah, yeah. I saw those um, those edits or, like, those uh, animations that you had um, on Vimeo, and they looked really, really nice. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I loved watching it. I'm like, I can't believe my friend did this. This is so cool. <laughs> You're most welcome. So, on the la- one of the last things I wanted to talk about, I think you, I saw you post on LinkedIn. Um, was it the the studio that pro- produced uh, Ice Age? Did they close down? Yes, they were bought out. Um, you know, by the, the big guy by Disney. Wow, Disney bought them out. That is fascinating. Yeah, they shut down. I was wondering when that was going to happen too, because I was wondering. I was like, they're not with Disney. I was like, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, everyone was pretty sad about that. I mean, we were all kind of surprised, you know, because um, one, one of the first animators that I ever got to, like professional animators I got to talk to, uh, I got to interview when he was working there at the time. Oh, that's so neat. Uh, I mean, he's okay, he'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I believe he's gotten another job already, but um, it was just like such a surprise. I think it was even a surprise for them. You know, they just, you know, everybody loved like a lot of their films and everything, and so... Yeah. Their character Scrat was just amazing. I know, I know Ice Age is one of the films I remember loving so much. Yeah. As a kid, I think I went to go to it like nine times. Yeah, no, I loved all of them. Like it like they were just such such funny movies. I know, and they had some other cute series too. I like Rio a lot. They had a what? Um the film Rio about the little Oh um, Rio! I haven't seen Rio. You know, I, I need to. There's a lot of animated movies I haven't seen. I haven't seen Rio. I haven't seen Coco. Have you heard of Coco? Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't seen Coco. I haven't seen. Um, there's another one. Oh, no, no, wait. I saw The Croods. Did you see The Croods? Yes. Did you like The Croods? <laughs> I liked that. It was cute. It was, it was like very um, imaginative. You know, it was a, it was a very cute cartoon. Yeah, I mean, I liked the first one better than the second one. I saw the second one uh, in the movie theater, and I didn't like it that much as I liked the first one. Really? Yeah. Did you see both of them? I saw the first one. I did not see the second one. I'm not sure if that was like if that came out during COVID. Yep, yep, it came out during COVID. Okay, that might be why. I just feel like there were like I don't. Things have gone to streaming sites and everything. Trying to catch up with everything released. I know Raya's out now on Disney Plus. Need to watch that one. Yeah, I didn't see Raya. I saw a different one from Disney. That that character with the staff that brought his dad back. Do you remember what it was called? Oh, uh, Onward. Onward. Yeah, I saw that. It was okay. I saw. I think I saw it when it was in theaters. Actually, right before 
COVID, I think, I can't remember. Uh, this whole last year was a blur, is a blur for me, but. <laughs> I think that was the last film I saw in a movie theater before COVID happened. You saw, you saw Onward? I think it was the last, I think it was the last one that I actually saw in a movie theater before, you know, all the theater shut down. Yeah, yeah, this, all this craziness, like, changed everything. <laughs> And the release dates feel a little bit like anticlimactic. Like, oh yay, it's a new release on you. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it like took away the experience. Did you, I have a question. So, did Lion King use animation, or was that like CGI or something else? The the live action Lion King. The live action. The live action. Okay, I went into that movie not expecting much, just because I don't know some of the some of the remakes have been kind of like hit or misses. Yeah. But I was actually really impressed by that movie. Yeah, yeah, the 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 graphics were amazing. So did they did they use did they use animation in it or like what kind of you know what kind of technology they used in it? Um, I believe it was done by probably what a digital. I think so. Yeah, but um, yeah, question. They uh, they probably they definitely used animation. Like even the live actions, like oh, it's live action or whatever. So they still use animation. Like people were animating. Like blue Will Smith genie, like <laughs> somebody, somebody was working on that. Even if you know the performance was motion captured, you know if they used you know a person or an animal because they can't motion capture animals. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask you about um, Aladdin. You, like, so you said that they did it for the genie. I mean, for sure. Like, and his performance was actually really good. Like, yeah, <laughs> I actually honestly but, like. I don't know that I would watch Aladdin again, like the live action one, but I really enjoyed it. Like I like like when I sat down to watch it in the theater, it was just like a fun watch. Oh yeah, no, I, I was afraid they were gonna ruin it. Because <laughs> 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 Aladdin was always one of my favorite Disney movies. It was like, oh, they're gonna change everything. It's gonna be really suck. And then it didn't really suck, and I was kind of mad. I was like, yeah. Yeah, it was decent. Like it kept my. <laughs> It kept my attention, and like the storyline they had behind it with the genie was really cool too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a good job. Picture him when they when they announced he was a cast genie. I was like, Will Yeah, yeah. I know. I think yeah, but he he did do a good job. I obviously would have been ideal if Robin Williams was around to to play the part. It would have like you know been the icing on the cake, but they picked a good replacement given the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, and everybody was like, oh, Blue Wilson Genie looks so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it was different for sure. Yeah, it was different. <laughs> the live action stuff was just different in general. But, um, so yeah, it was really nice talking to you today, uh, Mary. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, how can our listeners connect with you on social media? Do you have any links that you want to share? Oh, thank you so much for having me on. Um, oh, you're most welcome. Know. <laughs> I have LinkedIn on Vimeo. Um, but my name is Mary Sumner. So, you know, my name is in pretty much every link right now. Like it's Mary E.A. Sumner, Mary Sumner in some form. And it's spelled uh, M A R Y space S U M N E R, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. So if you guys want to connect with Mary and see what she's up to with the animation, um, hit her up. All right. Thank you for being on the podcast, Mary, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much, Sandra. You're welcome. <laughs>